Double A, welcome to Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take clips and moments from a film to drive a conversation. We have known each other for a while, yet, you know what, our, our lives kind of run in different areas, but we have some, some great mutual friends. I've had the privilege to uh, spend some time with you at your offices and everything else, so thank you very much for joining me. Greatly appreciate it. How yeah, are I'm you? glad to be here. Yes, yeah, so real quick, uh, you know, if someone's listening to this in the future, COVID-19 is happening. We're doing this over Zoom. Uh, friends, family, everyone healthy? Everyone okay? Everybody's good. Good. How's, okay. how's um, you know, we were just talking about this, but how's that Austin heat treating you? It's good. It's hot out here. <laughs> Trying to stay in. Yeah. Lots of Topo Chicos. <laughs> oh, you're, so you're doing Topo. Nice. Uh, nice. I am. Uh, this is the second part of, of this opening that we're, is new to the podcast. But with everything that's happening economically, um, you know, small businesses are trying to do their best. And unfortunately, a lot of businesses, the first thing they might cut is advertising, marketing, or PR, just so they can pay the staff. That said, you've got to have a couple of spots in your time here in Austin that you really love maybe a, a favorite beer or wine, but for sure a favorite spot that you eat at. If you can, give them a shout out. Let's give them some love and let's drive this swarm of listeners uh, to, to their place to, to get some food and drink. Yeah, no, I'm a massive fan of Suerte. It's okay. on the east side. They've got the best ghost, black ghost oil, uh, brisket tacos. It's so good. So uh, I really? love that place. Yeah, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I love that place. I love... Uh, I still very much enjoy uh, Tintin, the sushi downtown. So, uh, and I love my uh, my little coffee shop, Greater Goods, over here on the east side. Greater Goods is a fantastic spot. Yeah, I love it over there. Absolutely so. nice. I am uh, giving love to uh, having a beer from Twelve Fox Brewery, which is out in uh, Dripping Springs. They're uh, fairly new brewery, but they're doing an amazing job. I wish they'd make a little more of their red because it's probably one of the best red beers in Texas, if not the best. But that said, 12 Fox, um, you know, I'd like to also uh, you know, give a little love to my buddy Jay. He's got a restaurant actually up, uh, right off of Far West Boulevard, Boulevard Sports Bar and Grill. He's in that weird spot where they sell a little too much booze. So he can't, and he's a restaurant, so they can't be open because Texas has weird rules. Yeah, this 51% thing is, it is what it is. Uh, you know, as, as I, as I tell a lot of people, I go, there's, there's no sense in complaining about it, because that's not going to change it right now. But what is is support. Yeah. And I know money's tight. Uh, and sometimes it's support of just making a phone call, 
going on social, giving them a five-star review, telling them thanks for being open. Um, you know, a couple of times, even with Dive Bar, I just drive by Dive Bar when it was around yeah. and um, just drop the guys off a couple of bucks. Just be like, hey, I don't, you know, but here, I'm in the area because we used to record from that bar. Uh, it was it was great. You know, it was it was awesome. So, yeah, it's the local it's the, it's the local restaurants and bars you hope are going to get to still be around. It's a, yeah, you know, it's, that's part of the flavor of Austin. It's like the Valhallen bar down on West 6th Street. I love it. Yeah. It's like esports gaming bar. I mean, you know, it's the only one in town. It's like, just hope they get to make it. We got to, right? You got to hope they get to make it because it is, um, it's tough at the same time. You know what? We are, I told a friend this. This isn't a knock on other countries. This isn't meant to sound xenophobic in any way. This is uh, meant to instead just maybe take a little pride in how we can overcome. You know, if you look at the other countries in the world, and let's take two of the big players that are in the news a lot, China and Russia, and you show me in the last 50 years a great car, any great thing that they've created that has dominated planet Earth. Not that they make there and then ship somewhere else, but that they created on their own that really ran, really ran the gauntlet. And I would argue that even though a lot of our goods are created overseas, the innovation that this country has, the freedom of thought and the idea of being able to go and get it uh, yeah. is, is so powerful. And I would hate for us in any capacity to lose that because of, of a pandemic. And, and you know, this is the first time where we're absorbing information at a much more rapid rate. And that absorption at that rapid rate can make it seem like we're being defeated when we're not. Yeah. You know, yeah. We have, so, so you picked a movie, you picked The Game with Michael Douglas. Man, so what is special about this movie to you? What do you like about yeah, this movie? I loved this movie when it came out and it's still just one of my top fives. It's, it's uh, the fact that what he thinks is real is, is, uh, can be seen through different lenses. Sure. Uh, yeah, I love the twist, and uh, I, obviously I own a, a you know a technology experiential company, right? And so the whole point of being able to create something that makes a person feel like it is legit and real or authentic to where their environment is, and then having it change. Sure. So that is clearly <laughs> why I love this one. Nice. Well, listen, let's hit play on it. You got it on sure. in the background. Um, just go up to 30 seconds, right where you see that universal logo. Bada boom, bada bing. When you get there and hit play, tell me. I'll hit play as well, and then um, we'll just keep chatting. And I've got some notes and some things that I think are interesting. Like I, this movie, watching it again, right? I was yeah. like, man. And then not realizing, forgetting of the same director. I was like, this is a mix of Wall Street and Falling Down. Yeah. It's like this hybrid mix. And then there's this experiential moment, moments film of unwrapping the emotion and the and and instead of playing on a man's or a woman's weaknesses they play on the strengths yeah which i found fascinating yeah and it's also you don't even remember watching the first time or even now because it's been so long since i watched it, it's like what's real and what's not yeah what uh, yeah what is real and what's not. Now you live in, and let's talk about your company real quick because this is, this is key to what's real and what's not. You create experiences um, uh, that can be both digital and personal, if you will, like real world yeah. and, and not real world. One, yeah. how did you get into it? 
and, and, I, and I do this, this is totally selfish for me right now, right? I've got a daughter. So when I interview powerful women, when I interview women that, have, that are CEOs or started their own companies and sold it, venture cat, whatever it may be, this is the, these are the clips that then I just take, I cut out and I email to my daughter for her email address so she has them. So no matter what the world looks like in 20 years when she's out of college and she's trying to do something, I don't believe the driving change of being a successful woman will change, right? I mean, I think it's still gonna be based on great ideas, hard work, dedication, yeah. and principles that back all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same, right? It's like, the, what is it that you want to build and what you want to create, right? And you're exactly right. I mean, look, our the entire world of, of AA Labs is about um, not only the physical experiences, like the Ready Player One environments or um, the large-scale arena takeovers, but the digital on top of that. So it's augmented reality. We can have what you think is a physical world. You hold it up and you'll see a whole entire other world. Or we create... We own a thing called digital world, physical and digital, physical world, digital world, and it's an entire digital world that all the limitations that would be there in a physical space are not there in a digital, and it's a simple web link. So it's being able to have those, those two playoffs is obviously why this movie also is fascinating to me. Now, you're, you've got to be sitting down sometimes, and you're, you, you hear these conversations, you probably see the emails get looped in on a, on a message here and there, where the events world is reeling. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, one, solutions exist if you want to go get them and pay for them. I'm like, well, it's just, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, it's just used to be a plane ticket. Well, it's just used to be all the hotels were sold out, but then we had Airbnb. Well, it's just used to be all the rental cars are gone and the taxi line's too long. Then we got Uber and Lyft and, you know, the well, it's just, are you as a corporation just not being prepared? And it seems like, now more than ever, like your company was prepared before and all the great things that you did, but now more than ever, it seems like we need about a hundred more companies like you just to educate the event space on the challenges that face us now. And then also the change that's coming because there's going to be some change. I'm not saying events are going the way of the dodo bird, but I would say that the corporate events maybe are going to have subtle shifts and changes based on as we get learn more and more about COVID-19 and the health effects of where, what risk are you putting your people at by sending them yeah. somewhere versus a, a, attending something virtually. Right. So how, how do you weigh that from just throwing your hands up and going, hey, assholes, right over here. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I think what's awesome is um, I've been very, very blessed to be able to get to work in the gaming space or being able to work in the tech space and seeing, not being afraid of the technology. And growing up in East Texas, we always got it a little bit later. <laughs> and so now it's like, how do I get information and share that and simplify it so it's not scary? So to your point, everybody keeps going, wow, you really pivoted fast. I'm like, what are you talking about? This was always here. It's just people weren't always ready for it. And I don't believe it'll go away. I believe it'll be something that will continue because the numbers alone of the interactive experiences Man, did you see the one we're doing for Warner Brothers on August 22nd? No. All over the world, Jason, all over the world, people can submit their artwork right now, right now, for like cosplay, for um, art that they've done, anything tied with DC. It doesn't matter if you live in Arkansas, East Texas, or India, and you could submit your art and somebody at Warner Brothers will see it. 
and submit it and put it inside of Comic-Con. And then there will be a winner picked and literally Jim Lee is going to see some of these and there will be 27 winners. Whoa, hold it's on. It's amazing. Got, I just got goosebumps down both arms. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, there's no way I would have ever gotten to go to Comic-Con growing up. We were poor. <laughs> and like now anybody can attend. It's free. They're having six worlds. It's amazing. Like, it's just going to be awesome. So how do you, how do you, ex let's extrapolate that real quick. Cause you said two crucial things. One, it's available globally, but two, when I grew up in East Texas, I didn't have the chance to go to Comic-Con. So for all the woe is me's out there, if I can't believe I can't dress up and go to Comic-Con physically this year, for all of there's, there's that faction, right? And I would call that kind of the squeaky wheel. And the doors you've opened up and the things that you've made available and other technologies that, that you're leveraging to make available for Warner Brothers to do this, can't the argument be made that it's making Comic-Con that much better? Oh, I believe so. Because have you ever seen something? Before I saw what people did for character costumes, we even like didn't bring it up in this movie, but it's like the cosplay hours you put into it, you're like, why would you want to dress up? You know, like... <laughs> like a character and then yeah. it all for Halloween though, by the way, but you, I didn't understand the thousands of hours and the work and stuff that would go into it until you see it. And we're not only doing that, they're also going to explain it and show it and how like it's going to, I think what it does is it gives a voice to the fanatic space. And I love that. I mean, as a nerd gamer myself, it's amazing to be able to get to share what your passion and your love is. It's what you're doing here with movies, right? You're finding things with movies in common with people and then you're like, you get to share that and you get passionate about that stuff. Yeah, I mean, now this, is a, this is a really cheap excuse for me to chat with people for, you know, hour and a half to two hours <laughs> and pull information from them that, um, that maybe in a regular conversation just wouldn't be able to come up that, the, the same way. And, and uh, you know, very fortunate to be able to do it. You know, I, um, I want to stay on this theme a little bit because I think it's really important that, you know, we're there's so much innovation that's been made, you know, and think about all the cool things you do at your office yeah. and all the cool things you're doing, but more importantly, what is, what, what's one cool thing or a couple of cool things you guys have created or, or that just hasn't been launched yet because of, let's say a little bit of fear. Maybe there's a little hesitation. You're just like, this is out of the park dynamite. People are like, yeah, can we, can it go on the iPhone? And you're just like, oh, come on, you guys. Let's, let's get aggressive. How do yeah, you have one, yeah. one, name one and then two, tell us a little story about how you've navigated someone into something aggressive that's really knocked it out of the park because that does apply to this movie as Sean Penn, who by the way, doesn't get the billing he deserves in this film because he's, yeah. he's, he's beginning and end, right? A, a little yeah. touch in the middle, but he's so Life's amazing. Match. This is the Sean Penn that's living with Madonna on an RV on the side of a valley who's like, we're going to build a house here one day. And she's like, we haven't broken ground. We don't have electricity, <laughs> you crazy person. He's like, yeah. Well, awesome. Not know that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, you know, I think augmented reality is one for me. I strongly okay. believe in it, hugely so. I think VR has the limitations of hardware been working on it for four or five years. I think augmented reality is like we always have our phone on us, right? And so um, I, I feel pretty bullish on that. Uh, and so what I ended up, we, I kept believing that and had this app for years of like a way to showcase, but people kept saying the cost, the cost. 
So finally, we just built our own platform and you can go into the store and download AA Labs app. And you can actually, we've now made this to where what used to be $250,000 is under 15K. So you can actually have an augmented reality explanation. We're doing one for the medical space right now. We can turn a four page white paper into a two minute animation and AR that comes alive right in front of you. Um, yeah, and I can do it for a much, much, much lower cost because we've built a platform that lets us just kind of put it in and drop it in like a WordPress style. So, you th so I think about that based on some of the work that I do, you know, con consulting and stuff with, um, with some groups, especially in the real estate space. I mean, is there anything cooler than being able to get an AR viewing of a house from your right? phone versus yeah. the Zillow static? Because uh, first of all, if you only did it for listings, so let's say a 750,000 or more, which is considered mass affluent high net worth, right? 750 right. to 5 million. There's your mass affluent high net worth and then past 5 million considered super rich. But there's right. that sweet spot where, man, it's hard for them to get a loan. It's also hard for them to see the houses and find the houses and then find out how that house sets itself apart because it's pictured the same as my house, yeah. <laughs> right? Inside, yeah. outside, here are the bathrooms. Oh, we got a backyard. Here's a pool. They just put sod in, whatever it may be. What makes yeah. it special? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like you talk about real estate, but also even then um, you were talking about like a certain uh, products that are hard yeah. to understand or like, no, like where in the world do I plug this cord up and how does this go in and mother of God, Ikea furniture. Hello. Right. <laughs> and I mean, like, Ikea, there's your, there's your, there's your golden star. There right, it is, right. <laughs> but being able to hold it up and use machine learning right now, what they're doing with machine learning that you can hold it up and you put pieces together and go, Nope, that goes here or this goes here. We are in that day and time now that you can actually do that with cords and plugs and all of that. It's amazing. Now, is there, a, is there an ancillary side note? Because one of the things that I know is a very real problem working uh, with a friend who has some contracts with DARPA. One of the real problems is, is not that the user manual works or doesn't work. It's the inside of someone who's been working on a military, military helicopter for 15 years and someone who's fresh out of school and they've got the, their, their book with them, right? Yeah. And you can look at that engine and someone can say, hey, don't twist that nut hard tight, loose tight. So it's like you can twist it, you could turn a little right. more, but you don't have to. As soon as you feel the resistance, you stop. Because if you do that, then that releases these bands, which allows this, da, 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 da. That insight is never in books. It's never repurposed in books. It's passed down, if you will, like cave drawings versus the person who goes, that is, yeah. that's a saber-toothed tiger. Yep. And, I'm, and I'm wondering in that world, right, what you're creating, is there that avenue that also allows for that very useful, practical, hands-on information, not the book information, yeah. the IKEA information, but the hands-on yeah. goes, hey, I built this Where it has like, here's links, here's more yep. information you can share, right? I mean, yep. and I think that would be even the content to your point of what's already out there. The goal is not for me, like, is to how do you actually, you don't have to build it all yourself. The best thing about information is pulling it all and aggregating it together. So to your point, Reddit is fabulous that way. Imagine if you could do that and have Reddit and then you have little videos that were linked inside of it, which people do, and you can actually have those little knowledge pieces and be able to have it all aggregated in one place. So now you're watching it in AR and then you want more info, here you go. There you go. And you don't have to leave the AR experience to- Exactly. It's a fulfill. part of the education. And so, and I think, how, I think the adaptability of mobile AR right now inside the digital world 
we're, we're building it to where you can actually through QRs watch live concerts and it comes into the room with you through mobile. Like think Tupac hologram is now as a hologram in your room with you. And you how do you bridge, it. how do you bridge that diversity with intelligence so that people take it seriously? What I mean by that is we're talking about a, a lot of different things. Let's go one right. is, you know, building an engine. The other is enjoying a concert and the other is gaming. Yep. And they, they're two pieces are entertainment. Uh, one is arguably, especially on the gaming side, not only a legit job, but a job that can pay you millions of dollars a year. Right. You've got the, the blue collar hands on and in the middle you have this fun entertainment piece. And you've got a solution that, that generally fits all of that. How do you, um, how, how do you make sure that everything you're doing is taken seriously when there's entertainment elements tied to it, but the practicality of use is always there if people just want to open their eyes. Yeah, you know, it goes back to the point of where you were saying, um, how do you give the information to someone so that A, they're not scared of it, and B, um, it is easily attainable, uh, understandable, right? Sure. So right now, if I send you a web link, I'm gonna give you a perfect example, a web link, you know exactly how to do a web link. Like, my granny knows how to do a web link, right? <laughs> Click on a web link. Now inside that web link, now we watch videos, right? Right? And so, and then I may have another little hyperlink. Everybody understands play. And that there's just basic things of a UI UX or things that we've done so much now over the last 10 to 15 years. So for what we're always asking ourselves is how do we utilize the technology that you are comfortable with and let people adopt to that and then you can give on something more. So to your point, the digital world is a web link. And if I tell you, instead of scrolling up and down, you go into it. Now your okay. brain just went, oh, okay, I go into it. Now I just say, instead of clicking hyperlinks, imagine you just click a phone and that phone comes alive and shows you a video. We just made the hyperlinks images, right? And so it's creating things that are not scary that you would do in a physical environment. You just happen to do them in a digital world. So more people get to be a part of it and share. Now, now you've gotten comfortable with website, right? And it's, maybe that's the thing why I go back to this movie. It's like, it's so layered. Like you're like, wait a minute, did I just see something like that, you know? And so it's like the same thing is like inside of this, babe, we're all dealing with QR codes. You wanna go to a restaurant, it's in your iPhone now, right? Like everybody goes, oh, QR codes, oh, they don't get adapted. I'm like, it's built into the camera of the iPhone now. It doesn't make it any easier, right? Yeah. Okay, so take a QR code. We can now do that in mobile AR. So your little Pokemon now comes alive through a QR code, or I can make you as a little hologram like Princess Leia. See how your brain just tied in with Princess Leia? Yep. I can make you Princess Leia inside the room with me, and it unlocked through a QR code. Where is the college class, or where is the uh, Women's Executive Summit? that encapsulates the ability or teaches the ability to communicate the way that you do to people. Where'd you learn that? And then how do you make sure that other, that other men and women across the board learn how to do that? Well, I'm lucky enough to get to be an adjunct professor at UT. I actually speak in the evenings on a class um, on game design and AR and tech. But um, I mean, part of it is just the experience of getting to be around it. Watching things like esports, right? Where kids get to play kids and people are like, that isn't a thing. And Staples Centers wouldn't let me take it over because they said kids wouldn't show up. 
So we, we found a way. I'm not making it up. <laughs> Stop. Are you, did they up. not look at any YouTube links at all? This was seven years ago. Okay. See? And so there it is. What you just said is can't they see what, they, what is out there? But imagine when it is not out there, which Jason is exactly what you're talking about. So what we did is built it outside the Staples Center. So they had to look outside their window <laughs> and we paid all of their union fees and built it. And then we did the Galen Arena and kids showed up and sold out in under three hours. We had 8,000 attendees and over 980,000 people watched it online. And we watched how the two interacted, right? Your physical and your digital world. Yeah. You gotta show them first for those that don't want to adapt or don't like change. Sure. You gotta have people that believed in it. That's one of the things Riot did well. Yeah, no, it's that's it's it's very inside. It's very interesting. It's uh, we're um, in the financial services world, which I work in a lot. Talking to a big group, they're losing their their largest event, so they're going digital. And I applaud them, especially for fintech, that they're being a little bit innovative, right? So they did a yeah. little partner with DoorDash. So the first five yeah. hundred people to sign up, lunch is delivered to them in their time zone, to them. They, you know, they're already picked there. It's like, pick your restaurant, pick this. Here's your budget. Here's your restaurant. Lunch will be delivered to you at lunchtime per what's happening for this conference. Oh, I know we don't have a happy hour, but for, for the first 250 people, we've got a mixologist. You're going to get a private Zoom link and you're going to get a booze kit FedEx to you so you can make mm -hmm. drinks with 250 other people. Learn how to make a drink. You're not just going to make one. You're going to make as many as you want. Da, 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 da. You got to have some fun after the conference yeah. is over. The engagement of it, I love. What I find fascinating, and maybe it's because of just, you know, where I think people are versus where they're at, is I've, I'm blown away that the DoorDashes, the Ubers, Uber Eats, um, for the Drizzlies for Mixology, they're not thinking about all of this and, and pushing it forward aggressively. Instead, it's almost like they're waiting for people to call them. Like, I don't yeah. see any releases or announcements from DoorDash going, your event, everyone have lunch online at the exact same time. We guarantee it. Yeah. I just, I don't, and I'm wondering, is it, am I being too, am I being too hard on them because their game is actually food service and they don't really care about the nuances of marketing themselves differently? Or are we not holding all of our great technologies to a higher standard based on what's yeah. happening in the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, um, it goes exactly to what you said. It's, it's uh, looking at these opportunities and saying, not just as opportunities, like things that happen like this, but it's in the same sense, we're also reaching out and we've built an entire philanthropy line. I love what you did when we started this conversation. Let's give some shout outs to our locals, right? Like I yeah. think those of us that like to change, it is up to us to lead on and create, to your point. Like we've done that with Uber Eats and had like the fun little dinner parties and such for charity stuff. And, um, and yeah, figuring out ways that we are, are helping out during this time and stepping up. Awesome. What, um, what do you see for, for your company, right? Your, what, uh, what's the next big horizon? You're, did you talk, you're bullish on AR. Is VR just too much hardware? What's, what's the next thing that you think I mean, I guess, you know, maybe a better question is, is, is AR a pager and VR is just a cell phone that hasn't been put small enough to go into our pocket yet? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't believe AR is a pager. I think okay. that 
um, already like what came out at CES last year, and it'll be interesting to see how they do it this year, but last year on uh, the technology going behind contacts. Um, you know, anytime there is a hardware that is pushing a technology, you've got multiple different players that have to come involved, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I think is the big leg up is Apple. I mean, we have our iPhones, we can do technology and AR. What they did with the LiDAR, the LiDAR technology on the new iPad Pros is amazing. I can map my entire office or my bedroom, literally map it and make it into a 3D model and put it into a digital world. That, that's, it's, it's so expensive. There can't be making money on this thing. Like, <laughs> it's so amazing, the tech. So the fact that they are putting their dollars behind, behind the technology, what do we do? If we are adapting something, it has to be something that we as developers or, tech or creators can create around the technology that is out there. Mm -hmm. And so look at, I mean, I had so many people, large organizations going, hey, we'd like to do, um, we'd like to do something in uh, VR. We went to these big conferences. Can you get me 500 headsets? Kind of know the heads, of both headset companies and we couldn't. Wow. Can't get it. The hardware just is not there yet. And so the, I mean, look, we did Ready Player One. I want it to be like that. It was fun. But, you know, that's a good movie too. It but is. it's the point of like, if our technology cannot be adapted to where it is something that is simple and easy, you know, it's got to be somebody that, that's got two kids and is in school and their kids may adopt it, but for them to adopt it, they've got to understand how to do it as well sure. and want to. One of the, the key tipping points in, uh, in the game is the soft push. The, uh, the, the racquetball, I'm going to talk a little bit louder about this company that, oh, Michael Douglas just got pitched and he did all the physical and all the work. And now he's at the racquetball club and he's talking to two guys and buying them drinks and going, hey, I heard you guys talk about CSR. And they give him the soft, subtle push. They don't really mention any names. It's like, hey, this, is, this could be a mover. It's pretty interesting. I really enjoyed my experience. What is, um, what's your soft pitch like for, because there are so many companies out there that, that really don't just desperately need to adopt this technology. They're behind the eight ball. If, there are, if, they're, if they're thinking about this now, right now, and they're like, man, my conference is going to happen in October, and I guess it's not. What do I do? They're behind the eight ball. What's the, um, what's the nice amber allen soft pitch or the nice amber allen hey it's not too late or let's move it to november what does that look like where you know they're scared they don't understand but they want it yeah you know that's one of the one of the biggest things that um I mean, i've been in this industry for almost 15 years and um look there's a solutions that need to be out there for many companies event companies marketing companies ad companies sales companies sales guys yeah. can't you know, fly right now, you need to do your product. And that's one of the reasons, seriously, man, like even in the fall, like our product will be a platform to where they can go and create and build for their clients. And it's on top of our product. I'm not going to do all of the big elaborate style of digital events. They can actually do that right on our platform. So it, it's creating a, um, a world that lets them not have to create the technology from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, but be able to build on top of it. And that's the same thing with, you know, the, the apps and such that are out there with AR. Um, 
uh, I think it, there's, I always say that it's a big old sandbox. There's plenty of room in here, so. There is, I, I, I wonder, you know, the biggest push on everything is ROI. And I, I, I believe it's misinformation and some of it I've propagated. Um, but in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, eh, I probably could have worded that differently. I wonder in this world, you know, with ROI, everyone's saying, don't worry about ROI, just make sure you're out there so people remember you. And then next year, your, your return on investment comes in. And yeah. it sounds like from what you've developed and how you've really lowered that total cost of ownership, it's fair to say you don't have to sacrifice ROI for great technology. Oh, mm -mm, no. <laughs> No, 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 mm -mm, no. If we're doing an experience, whether it be digital or the, that is, mm -mm, I don't believe that at all. ROI is, if you don't have an ROI, you shouldn't be spending your money. Maybe it's because okay. I'm a CEO of a company as well, and we've been profitable since year one because I run it scrappy, but uh -uh. there's nobody I think that should be wasting money. And if you can't prove that it worked, then you need to change your model. Uh, uh, no, we, we've, in the one event that, when, one event, uh, we've got multiple of them, but one of them, our average attendees for a live events, 1,500, we had 10,000 attendees. We had over 125,000 clicks. Not impressions, clicks, clicks. interactions. 200% sales increase. This was all in 14 hours. $4,000 raised for charity. And these were gamer kids. Wow. So, no, I, I believe the ROI is there. It's the same thing with VR. I always said if a client said they wanted to create VR, then we had to have a plan on how it was gonna roll out because otherwise they're wasting their money on a fad. And VR isn't a fad. There are some really amazing things that you could do with empathy and knowledge base there. But you have to have a plan on how you're rolling it out if you're using it for your product. So no, I, uh, you know, I get pretty big and passionate about that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, it's great because, you know, when, when the reason I bring it up, so when South By was first being canceled and there's, I mean, I got emails from people, we started Rally Austin, I got emails and, People saying, you know, and I put up, hey, if you send me your business name, I'll give you a free shout on the podcast. We got another podcast running just during South by of interviewing some people that were supposed to speak live. And we had sold out our venue four times over. And yeah. with, with no marketing, it was just the quality of speakers we had because the speakers was like, wait, I don't have to be locked into South by on their schedule. A. Yeah. B. It's intimate. There's only 75 people showing up to hear me speak and I can actually do a legitimate q and I'm like, yep, and I'm like, great. And then I'd get these other people to come on, well, I made um, dough for 4,000 chocolate chip cookies. How do I sell them? And my thought at the time, my instant gut reaction was, are you, my first question was, are you better than Tiff's treats? <laughs> That's a fair question. Right? You better than Tiff's treats? Good. Those are tasty like, because those are tasty cookies. And they come with milk, cookies. chocolate milk, because they got everything. So are Can they I better? Chocolate chip cookie right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, that's how good Tiff's treat is. You can say Tiff's treats and you get a chocolate chip cookie craving. So are you better? And then B, what have you done in marketing to set yourself apart? And if you haven't, then you've already put the expense in. So yeah. is your ROI instant where everyone's going to buy your cookies? In the next you know six days before that dough goes bad or b right. are you going to push that out and give everyone an uplifting thing and be like hey by the way if you'd like to try us next time here you go and they get six cookies or five cookies but then track it right like you just exactly. don't track it so you know did anybody did this actually work because my biggest thing is if it didn't work that means they didn't like it or they didn't buy it 
or there was something and you got to have that feedback. Otherwise, how do you continue to run a business, right? Because it's like one of those things where you want to know what it is that you want to hear your consumer. You yeah. want to hear the person that you're making it for. Otherwise, you're just making it for yourself. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So it's, you know, so you, you look at those things, you, you, you know, and then you look at this movie, right? And you think about the sacrifices that are made throughout this film. And it is the sacrifice, you know, it, for him, it's emotional and it's experience. But for business, it's ROI. That is the emotional experience of every marketer, of, uh, of, of every technologist who's pushing the envelope, who's being like, who's watching? Why are you watching? What's going on? What do you mean? No, well, yeah. the answer isn't exact over here. It's over here. If you could step in to that hybrid role that is becoming a VP of marketing along with technology, right? Right. That, that really is becoming, if you're a VP of marketing, you don't understand the latest in technology or how to move forward, hang it up and probably go somewhere else. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. Or they're just, or the thing is too, it's like, then if not, there's so much, if you've gotten that far in your career, there must be so much that you do know. So then they're smart enough to keep like learning and, and growing. Right. Like, yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of stuff I do not know, but I surround myself with people that are smarter than me in those fields. Right. So if that is the case, then make sure you got somebody on your team that does. What's that leadership look like to, to be a leader. And I, uh, you know, Obviously, this is a little bit of a, a loaded question, in meaning that um, there's an easy answer here, but also I think there's a, there's a deeper answer here. What's it like being around people that you've hired solely for the purpose that they're smarter than you in an area? And how do you keep that cohesion in check of, I'm still the leader, even though you're smarter over here, I still run this company? Because that's a fear for a lot of people. I talk to so many CEOs and they're just like, I don't want a groundbreaker. I don't want someone to step in and do something different. I don't want, you know what I want? Very simply, I want to basically the same dead, dusty shoes of the former marketing person that left here. I want those feet to slide in there. I don't want to be challenged. I want my company just to seamlessly move forward. Hmm. And it seems like you're the opposite of that. Like you are the person who goes, who's the best and the brightest? Who can I bring in that's going to make me see the world a little differently to create an experience differently? Well, it's, it's always, or who is it that says, Warren Buffett, someone said, don't be the smartest person in the room. And, and if you're always the smartest person in the room, then you're never learning. So yes, there are people on my team that understand influencer marketing way better than me or live streaming and broadcasting. And I feel so blessed that I can actually <laughs> I bootstrap this company. So I feel so blessed that I can finally afford those people that are smarter than me in running different departments. But it also then is on me to figure where I, I can give back to them. Because if they are smarter in that department, then I need to get out of their way. But if I can't answer questions, because everybody wants to be able to grow. And so it is on me to then find them mentors, advisors, coaches that can help them in that field. But it's also then on me to understand where they can grow and how I give that back to them. That is only one field. We're doing five, 10, 20 things all the time as leaders, right? And so there are multiple different ways that I'm sure that uh, within the company, different people can teach them. And, you know, that is the power of communication. And that is what my biggest job is internally. I see that, you know, with this movie, right? You've got this guy who thinks he knows it all. 
Yeah. He's unraveling in what he doesn't know or what he can't, you know, rely on his, his war chest of knowledge to, to unravel the puzzle in front of him. Yeah, and he doesn't, and that's what's so fascinating about this, because every time he thinks he knows something, something different happens, right? And it's yeah. like every time that he thinks he's got it all under control, something even bigger happens, even from what the ink spill to where we're at right now, right? <laughs> right? Where he's like, we're watching this thing, it's like the ink spill, and he's like, okay, I got to put myself together just right. And, but everything in this movie had something that made something else happen. They wanted him in a certain area or in a certain part. Right. And so they made sure certain things happen so that it would. How do you do that experientially? Because it's, it's an experience. Yeah. So you live in this duplicitous world of it's an experience, go experience. However, any step you make, I've got experiences that are going to touch that based on however you want to move. How do you balance the freedom of experience with the direction of, no, I knew you were going to take that step? I always say, um, I don't know about you, but I grew up with Choose Your Own Adventure. Remember those books? Oh, I love those books. You're kidding me? I loved them, right? And how is it that we were, we are a generation that was raised on Choose Your Own Adventure, yet they didn't figure out how to keep giving us that style. They gave it to us in our books, but they didn't give it into our movies. Oh, wait, they did. Video games, <laughs> right? And so that goes the same way with experiences. This is why those pop-up experiences are so awesome. It is the creating content. We are content creators and we want to choose our own stories, right? So when I create an experience, I always say you better have five different ways of FOMO. Jason, you and I better walk in. That's why this movie's so good. We'll both watch and go, did you see that? Did you see why that happened? You're yeah. like, what? No, go back. You got to watch it again. It's something where it's like Inception, that movie as well, right? Even the Goonies do it, where it's like, if there's so many different things in a book that what they did is they told you multiple different stories were you able to catch it all the first time? And so that is the best thing about creating digital tech and digital experiences. It's not live events, it's experiences as a whole. How am I getting to see something I didn't see before? And how did I walk away from it realizing there was still more to see? Isn't that why we love learning? Yeah. We want to figure out how much more do we not know so that we can keep learning. You, um, hard left turn here, which this podcast is full of. Uh, you've been in Austin for what, eight years? No, I've been about two years. Two years, that's it? Yeah, I moved my headquarters here a little over four years ago. And so that's what I'm thinking. I had a presence okay. here, I think it's when we met, and then I've been um, back and forth, but full time here now, about a little over two years. And this month, last month, cover of Austin oh, Women? Oh, Austin Women Magazine. Yeah, for June. Magazine. What's, that was cool. What's that like? You know, uh, and, and, I, and I mean, what's that like? Not in a, yeah, of course, it's awesome. It's, it's a great honor. What's that like in, um, in when you look back at your childhood, when you, when you want to call mom or dad, or when you talk to old friends, what's it like sharing that along with the other very prestigious things that you've done? How do you, how do you balance, and I, and I, I really mean this, great work and celebrating great work with unfortunately that dumb thing that coded language has where it's like, oh, she's bragging. Oh, she has to throw herself up because of this. It's like, no, no, you've accomplished so much that the article didn't cover always. Um, but how do, you, how do you balance all of that? How do you balance all of the success and still you are the most humble person in the world to talk to. And at the same time, it's like, oh, you went open my Rolodex and it would, you know, name dropping would break toes off 
anyone. How do you balance all of that? Well, I mean, I'm only here because the people that took me underneath their wings, <laughs> like people that like were just great bosses or mentors or people that let me learn from them. And I think what's so cool about the Austin Women Magazine is they called me a gamer girl. And my, my PR was like, oh, you're CEO. And I'm like, you're kidding. I'm a gamer too, though. And if it makes people that are gamers understand that, that we get to do both, we're not kids in a basement. You can be a CEO that has Prada shoes. I love my Burberries and Prada. <laughs> and be able to like also be a gamer and love gaming. And I think it's important that we all remember to play. And I think that's something that the more you run as a business and the more that you get intense into what you love and you work, it's the play part, Jason, that makes that all just feel real. I mean, look, I never look back, man. There's so much more I got to do. But it's, it's really, it's, I liked that article because they showed the gaming side and they, the piece of where I want to give a voice to my nerd audience. And because I am one and I like to disrupt stereotypes and such. And so for me, that's what's so cool about that. Do you, um, do you see yourself in a place of you're a voice for, and not, not to say that it has to be one path, you're a voice for women CEOs and women entrepreneurs, um, or more of a voice for women gamers, or more of a voice just for gamers in general of like, hey, gamers, here's all the things you can do. What path do you kind of lean towards or find yourself or, you know, walking down, if you will, for lack of a better term? You know what? I, I think the biggest thing is the path that I'd love to keep going on is, is simplifying complicated information. Like after okay. this, I love doing stuff for charities. I love, honestly, I'd love to disrupt some stuff in politics. I, I want to give a voice to uh, both sides. Like I feel like there's this misunderstanding in my nerd world that once people get to do it, then you remember, you're like, you know, as my sister, I'm like, oh, come on, girl, you know, we loved Mario Brothers growing up. That's why your kids <laughs> love Fortnite. Like, we loved Mario, but we loved it because we got to play together, me and my sister, you know, or me and my dad. Well, they get to do that with all their friends. Of course, we would have loved it, too, right? But then how do you use that same thing and create it in other environments? And that's like this digital world. You get to actually interact and talk and while learning why can't education be this way like i would that's what i really want to work on next too like how come we can't make shopping easier and more digital and visual or medical why does it have to be so complicated like that's the parts jason that just kind of gets you excited it's like it's the same technology and the same principles and you just sure. implement them in other fields i think there's a um, there's a benefit of layering and of understanding you know, if you, if you think about like from medical, right? Uh, the average uh, doctor in India has to see something like 400 x-rays a day and, 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 uh, and leverage them versus let's use, once again, your AR technology, right? Right. And, and let's think about the doctors that are busy and the ones that are in areas where life's a little slower, but they have the same education. They can look at things the same way. And there might be a, a cardiovascular surgeon in Oklahoma that's having a slow week. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, so I can put your app up and let's, let's put it on, let's use another, let's use a buzz term here. Let's put it on the blockchain and I get to see this thing and I gotta go, oh, hey, wait a second. I've seen this in 20 of my patients and it turned out that that little dot's not cancer. It's uh, X, Y, and Z. 
So you should look for this or do this. And so, and then you've got a little graph at the bottom. Twenty percent of the people who have seen this say they've seen it looking like X, and thirty percent have said Y, and now we're at fifty, and fifty percent have said C, whatever it may be. And right. it gives a direction to go versus every time looking at something brand new and only using their recollection of information. Yeah. 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 And you know what I also I love is how you brought up blockchain. That's the same thing with digital is like tying it together in something simple and easier. Like, let's say you wanted to do that, but let's say you want to give a signed digital poster or a signed poster, but you're going to give it away digitally. You could literally tie in a back end of a blockchain for each single one. So then you know that those 500 are exclusive to that event. You can tie it in on the back end. So you'd have that. That's cool. See, that's just, <clears throat> it's, it's amazing, you know, and, and one of the reasons why I, I like talking to entrepreneurs and, 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 and people who are creative is because so much of us get lost in the moment we talked about earlier, right? We're opening up, you get lost in this, 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 this tsunami of, of news and we forget about, I'll use the word again, the tsunami of technology and innovation that's that wave is still riding. It's still going. It's not, it, it's not dipping. In fact, I would argue it's accelerating. In, oh, it's definitely in, accelerating right now. In this yeah. arena. But people now just have to figure out how to jump on. So yeah. how does a company jump on? You know, if, if, if I'm talking to a group and, you know, like the NFL Alumni Association, I work at the NFL uh, with, with some groups. Their alumni associations like we we still want it. We want to do events, but we got to figure out how how are we going to do an event and watch a Monday night football game and support breast cancer awareness, but we all can't meet. So what do we do? And I was like, well, one, we always had a food aspect the last couple of years. So let's pick a firehouse or a police station or some you know some nurses or doctors, and I want robots to deliver them food. This can be pizza and beers for all I care. And then their little chest shows the game and then split screen it with an NFL person that wants to do it. Yeah. Watch it with them, a retired one, NFL alumni. And they're like, yeah, but the difference was is that for the alumni events, and this is a mentality thing, right? For the alumni events, it was always show up, free parking, free drinks, free food for the players. Right? And they're like, okay, great, I'll show up. Plus I get to see my other friends and players. However, if you want them to do something outside of that moment because of how they've been positioned and geared towards, right? It's like, oh, you want me to do a, a Zoom with someone? Oh, that's 5,000 bucks. Because they're used to a one-on-one -on -one coaching or a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And so it's, it's trying to break norms and at the same time show how you can invest in your community. And I'm wondering how you do that. How do you leverage that breaking of the norms where someone goes, yeah, but we always meet. Find out what something is that they want. Like that's okay. the whole point, right? It's like, you just said it. You just said it, right? You're like, they like to come have the free food and beer. Mm, they can get free food and beer anyways, right? As athletes. But they're, what you said is like, they're also meeting with their buddies as well, right? The camaraderie, they get to see people. So if that is, they obviously, somebody found something that made them want to show up, right? So then now what can we give them that makes them want to, to show up for this? And is it, do they have, everybody has something they're passionate about everybody has something they care about right like i'm working with one musician right now that wanted to be a video game character all right cool we can make that happen let's pull the right brands together that can make that happen let's create a video game make the person a video game character right now they and then they care about this charity that they love 
So now we're doing even more and they're getting behind it. It's the same thing, right? What is it that makes them excited? And it's exactly what you just said. It's finding, getting out of that lazy mode <laughs> of, of, well, that's just what we've always done and figuring out what is the other thing that, that um, cause you know what the other thing is, none of us are spending 10 hours a week on planes. So we got 10 hours back of our life. What are, what are we doing to fill that back out? And if it's maybe they're tired of being on Zooms, all right, well, let's do the digital one or let's get them green screens and put lights in front of them and they can keep the kit. Now they just got a whole better way to look good on screen, right? <laughs> it's like, how do you add stuff that makes something in their life easier and better? And then they'll help make your life better. I like that. How was, what was it like? Well, or more, better question here, and my questions are very long, I apologize, but what, um, growing up where you grew up, evolving as, you know, looking back now, your brain's evolving, you're playing games. How do you get here? From where, this little town you grew up in, how do you get here? Inquisitive. <laughs> but I mean, did your parents foster that? Or they're just like, yes, ask more questions? Or was it you driving it? Was it you and, and, and siblings that just had the questions? What, 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 my dad what was makes very Amber good. who you are today? That was my, my dad was very good. He would take a computer apart and put it together and show me how it would work, you know, or we'd bundle firewood. And then afterwards, you know, he'd show me how to cut the logs perfectly or, you know, it was, uh, he was very inquisitive. And so from a young age, I always wanted just to be around my daddy daddy's girl and so like it just was something I learned and I love to read like it's it I love reading and so uh, it doesn't matter where you live books was the equalizer when I was growing up right and so there there's that word again and so I just I'm a big believer in if I if I could get my hands on something then I can learn I didn't go to my first art gallery until I was 23 because I didn't know what art galleries were <laughs> you know and so it, or 20 I think it was 21 actually but it was, you know, one of those things where it's like the access wasn't there. And that's where that is my whole entire mission in life is how do I give access to everybody? Because that knowledge is there. The yeah. knowledge is there. The access is, is something I think that, you know, I, we can probably learn great, great things from, especially after, after COVID, right? We see the, the, the yeah. discrepancies in supply chain. All of a sudden we see the, the presence or lack thereof of Wi-Fi or stable communication. Um, and my wife went to Kentucky with our daughter for a week. Mm. And I was just like, great. I'm glad you guys had fun. Yeah. I was a nervous wreck every time I called and the phone didn't answer. Cause I'm like, what's going on? Cause I just don't know. You know, it's like, damn it. How do they not have the same cell reception we have? They were in the same country. And this yeah. is on 3G in Kentucky. And this is why I'm such a big, I'm a big fan of 5G. Like yeah. getting access to everywhere. We have buses with internet right now driving through some of these areas so kids can have internet. Yet we've got a solution right here with 5G and, and cities are blocking it. I don't understand. Like we literally say we want equality for everybody, but then we don't get the tools to it. I don't understand. That's a frustrating thing because I can't imagine, we, you know, we have all this anecdotal fun and evidence of, of, oh, this kid just found a map book and then, you know, they created quantum computing and, oh, this young person finally found a book and they, uh, you know, is, and we're like, that's amazing. Imagine if they had more books and then 5G comes along, it's like, we've got all the books. And we're like, no, sorry, I'm scared. Yeah. It's like, what are you scared of? What's yeah. happening? 
But it, it's to your point, Jason, I think that's the whole thing is, is all the books can be there. You don't know which one to read. And that's why it's so important to just constantly surround. Like, I just want to always be surrounded by smart people and be able to introduce me to other smart people. And, and I'm just smart, just people that are, have something to share. Everybody's got something that they know that, that they're really good at. Everybody does. And so it's like, we all have something that we can share with somebody else. And that is the knowledge base. And that, that's why it's fascinating about this, this movie is because it's like, he thought he knew everything. And then the whole premise of the movie and everything shakes up what he thought was important, right? Even all the yeah. way down to his watch. And then based on that, he is a whole different person because of the experience and the people around him, the things that made him outside of his comfort zone. Is there a thing when you were younger you thought would be crucial and important, like his watch, that you look back on now and you're like, silly kid, I don't need that to be successful. You know, I still do it. Just be honest. Like, we live in a society that it surrounds us with the cool watches or the cool shoes and neat purses, and I'm a sucker for it, man. Yeah, that's definitely the woman side of me that I love. <laughs> that I, I would say it's a woman side. I would say, listen, that's a consumer side. That's called it good. When you're a marketing technologist, when you know how to communicate seamlessly and know what's going on and someone nabs you, do you also kind of take a look back and go, all right, let me see how they got me? No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I am also that first sucker at the grocery line, standing in the line that goes, yep, yep, I need that gum. Nope, nope, I want that piece of chocolate. <laughs> that last purchase. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm with you. Still, I still very much fall for that. <laughs> I, when I was, I remember when I was a kid growing up, I was like, man, if I just, if I could have a, a Porsche or a Lamborghini, I made it. I didn't care about watches, didn't care about clothes. I cared about that, that car. I grew up in Montana. You didn't see a Porsche or a Lamborghini. I mean, oh, rural yeah. Northwest Montana, there's no one driving a Porsche or a Lamborghini on dirt yeah. road, potholes and snow and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I look back, and I'm like, I've got a kid now. I was like, oh man, I just want to make sure she goes to a place where she can learn. And what do we have yeah. to do to make that happen? And what's education like for her today? And it's, it's amazing how violently uh, are the swings and what we think we want or don't want um, change so aggressively. So yeah. yeah, you know what's fascinating you said, because what I, don't get me wrong, I still like my sports cars. But um, what I find interesting is the thing that I always wanted working in a corporate environment was to live anywhere I wanted. Like mm -hmm. that was the biggest thing. Um, I wanted to be able to have that freedom to, to choose to live somewhere if I wanted to live in a city. And I find it fascinating because I'm hearing more and more about that during COVID time where people are relocating or living in different places because they're not chained to a desk, but they still have a job. Yep. Uh, I, I, I really will find it interesting to see what happens over the next few years in that area alone. How do you bridge that with your company? You're an experienced company. It seems like from the outside looking in, you kind of have to have people together in, in one location. Um, but then yeah. technology can also kind of solve that problem a little bit. Uh, but I'm wondering where your, uh, where your balance lies on um, on work anywhere at the same time, let's create the best experiences possible so people can experience them from anywhere. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, you know, I think the collaboration is huge. That's been the hardest part with COVID is, I mean, you get around a good old whiteboard and just talk through things and stuff, you can solve so much quicker. 
I think mm -hmm. um, what I'm finding is we're working a lot, not just us, but our clients too, are working some longer hours. Uh, there seems to be uh, this uh, barrier of um, uh, no balance of time. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's taking us longer to communicate and share things uh, by not being in the same room and just walking over and asking somebody something. So I think that's something that we're all figuring out a little bit. But is that for the most the, part, yeah, I, mean, I got people all over, so. Is that the evolution of, of what you talked about earlier, which is communication? That big, that big C word? Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. we don't seem to, uh, at least in this country, right? We, we wait, whether it's in a company or in a relationship um, or in our altruistically countrywide relationships, we wait for an explosion to happen. Like, shit, we weren't communicating that? Okay, sorry. What do you need? You need this? Good. You're good? All right, let's keep moving forward. And I, and I wonder when it comes to communication, like smaller companies do this great. Let's go but look back at the last six months. We're moving forward, but where did we right. miss a step? What did we do wrong? The recap, can, yeah, retros. Yeah, I can guarantee this. this. This great city of Austin, Texas, and I would say this for any city in the United States, I don't think we're gonna see any mayor or any regional leader grabbing people from different groups saying let's recap the last six months and see how we've improved because they're terrified of it because they don't want to be wrong i don't know that they have any choice any longer i think we're going to have to you think so i would well, hope so i mean i would like love that day, personally. yeah because it was like the other day banking company was using a webex and yet it doesn't work on the audio so that it calls on the phone in a lag time i was like oh, wow Man, if this is how we're gonna do business, I cannot do business with you. <laughs> like there was like a lag, and we were talking over each other. When there's like ten other softwares that work so much better, right? Yeah. And so either companies are going to have to adapt, or there or people I don't think will do business with them. They don't. It just makes life is already going to be a little bit more, you know, to our point of the communication you can't be in the same room. There's certain things you got to use tools that. Will, will help, otherwise it's adding another hour of work to your plate and none of us have that right now. One of the things you love to do when you're getting away from work is volleyball. Yeah. And, yeah, that's why you're already saying Andy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, this is uh, unfortunately, right, uh, COVID doesn't, doesn't allow for, for that necessarily to happen. Uh, what do you do for a stress relief now? Um, I actually do game. I've actually played a little bit more. Um, I have been trying to learn the guitar lately. Nice. How, what's that like? What's that uh, like for you especially? I mean, I, and I mean that as far as because you are a driven person who, who from our conversations we've had prior, you're a, you're a driven person and man, you like to get stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> And you and pick something where it's like, ah, I'm not getting rushed. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not one of those things that could be rushed. And so it's been a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a, of a challenge to slow down and haven't learned it, by the way. I'm trying. I got a few chords in my belt. <laughs> Listen, that's good, though. That's what is that? Does you do you see it opening up other parts of your mind? Um, yeah, it's kind of like with working out as well. You have to focus. Right. Like that's what I love about working out boxing, tennis, things like that, the volleyball as well. Right. Like it's those types of sports that make you put all of your brain on it. So you have to focus or that ball's going to hit you. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's the way sometimes with music. I can do a couple different things, but I'm only going to be successful if I focus on it. So, you know, I've been working a lot of hours too. Does playing a sport like volleyball, especially when you get to play with different people, does that help you in building a team and communicating with different people? Because it seems like the odd thing is, is that whether it's a pickup basketball game or volleyball game, the intensity on that court is we've got to win. We've got to get this done. Go, go, go. What do you, and you would never talk that way in a room full of staff at the same time, your bills are getting paid by that room full of staff and what you're going to do. How do you bridge or bring that intensity or how do you keep them separate and still, you know, navigate those waters of working with different people you know it's fascinating because i don't know that you do always keep it separate right like man you play volleyball two on two anytime soon and you don't say i got it your head's gonna bump somebody you learn <laughs> to say i got it <laughs> or get yeah. out of the way right um i think that's an interesting part of like with a business and the intent, the intensity is going to be there. The, the directness is going to be there when you're creating and working and doing some cool stuff in the communication. It's the, um, you know, we do disc over here. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's like DISC and it's got, you got people are, are two, usually two stronger than other two other personalities. And it kind of helps in knowing how to communicate to someone and how they um, react and how they react uh, to you and such. So. Yeah, nice. it's interesting. I like that. That's very interesting. You know, we're at, we're at the point in the movie where he's really starting to unravel, right? And this is the, yep. the downward spiral into the craziness that is, that is um, more of a highlight on his life, I would say, than anything else. When you but look notice back, how he starts overreacting on stuff, right? Yeah. Because he loses it. Because he loses it because he's in an environment he can't control and he's used to control, right? Yeah. So when you look back on double A, when you look back on all the things you, you, you've accomplished, is there a moment you look back on and go, eh, could have done that different. But at the same time, you don't regret it because it made you who you are today. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like there are many times um, in the seven years that I've tried to recreate the wheel, didn't realize I was recreating a wheel. And, and that's the thing, the last two years, especially, especially the last two years, where I could have done so much better with some of the employees I had or some of the, pro, you know, uh, the teams that I had, that um, if I had uh, known about certain resources or are or, or known about ways to, if I'd run a business before, you know, it was my first one. So um, I think that's the one thing I'm always holding on to is it's like, when to know, it's kind of funny because we were just talking about the movie, but it's like knowing when to let go of that control and go and get advice from someone else that knows it better uh, and not to have ego. Like that's the biggest thing you have to do. Enough ego to believe that you can do, <laughs> create this crazy thing, but enough ego to, to know less of ego to know that you don't know everything and you just got to know when to, you're trying to recreate a wheel. You don't have to. And, and, and I'm curious, how do you balance that, right? Once again, I got a daughter and I remember hearing a, a female comic talk about how hard it was for her to become a comic because she could do and say certain jokes. She couldn't just, she didn't make a fart joke because dad's like, hey, ladies don't talk about farts, right? Yeah. 
So how do you keep the ego of a CEO? And I don't mean that in a negative way. I, I mean, that like mean, just, because there's you know, long days you got to believe in what you're building. In. You got to have that drive, right? And there's, there, yeah. there's kindling in the back and sometimes that's ego. And also that it's communicating with other people that have big egos or little egos or whatever it may be. Right. And you're, you're, you're navigating those waters. And at the same time, for lack of a better term, you're down home and the door is open and let's talk and let's bring in the best talent. How do you manage that? Because that's not a male or female thing. That's a no. CEO thing. Yeah. I think How do you manage out what's okay with you and what's not. I remember I was in an organization a couple of years ago and there were a couple of CEOs going, do not become friends with your people. Uh, build a wall. And that was one rule I just decided I didn't believe in. I was going to say that seems healthy. Just yeah, right? keep the peasants at bay. It was such a weird comment. And it was just like one of those things where it's like, I don't believe that. I love my people. I can't be here without them. So it was interesting. I think what it is, Jason, is figuring out the ones that help you keep getting to grow mm -hmm. and the ones that you're okay that you, you know, you're just going to mess up. And that's been yeah. the hardest thing. I, I it's, Knowing I'm going to fail, just hoping that I fail on a small enough project or a small enough thing that it doesn't, you know, break the company or break the bank and surround myself with smarter people than me. That's all I can do. How do you, how do you manage that? I mean, and so the other day I'm talking to my daughter, which we're going through math. She says, I, I understand. I go, great. She comes back to me and one little change is just, I don't understand anymore. I'm like, no, you're quitting on me. And we have this argument back and forth. She's seven. She's going to second grade. We have this argument back and forth. I'm like, don't quit on me. Come on. We're going to figure this out, but you need to give me effort. And we go back and forth in this heated debate. And at the end of the day, like I sit down with her and I go, hey, I raised my voice and I failed. So I didn't have to. But I got frustrated and I fell back on, on old bad habits and I raised my voice. And I didn't need to. So I apologize. And then she looks at me and she goes, well, dad, I don't need you to be perfect. I just want you to be my dad. Aww. And I'm like, God bless. How am I just cursed with this perfect child who just, you know, <laughs> not only just says the right things, but says the right things in the way that makes me want to cry right in front of her. <laughs> how, do you, how do you manage, you know, um, when, a, when a failure happens in front of your staff that still is the man that still, you know, doesn't dilute leadership. Cause I think that's a big fear, right? That leaders have, or that people who never admit they're wrong. They're like, well, I don't want to dilute the fact that I'm the leader. So I will never say I'm wrong. Maybe there's yeah, a, guy with balance, a great right? bad haircut that, that does that, but still. Yeah. <laughs> How do yeah. you manage that? I mean, I think being honest with that failure is going to happen. And as I've told many people on my team, if you're, if you have never failed, then you have never pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. And so if I have that as a rule, <laughs> then it's, I'm clearly going to do it as well. And I think it's hard sometimes to apologize, like exactly what you were talking about with your daughter. And sometimes guess what? They're not always that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm lucky. So I was like, yeah, you a fool. And I'm like, ouch. <laughs> have you failed into success? Like a concept that everyone goes, it's, it doesn't work. It's not going to, and I bring, so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up into AR, right? Yeah. So AR, there's a wine company out there. Uh, and in this wine company, 
they had these labels. And if you put your augmented reality phone up to you, right, the, the crimes one, you could hear the whole story. But they awesome. never marketed it for, for three years. They never marketed those labels. They assumed everyone was just going to, because AR was taking off, they assumed you're just going to hold your phone up. And that's what's going to happen. Don't have to. So for, for four years, it was a failure. In fact, that firm got, there's a write-up in Forbes years, two years ago about this. That firm got fired. Can't believe this happened. Then the PR person inside that one group goes, can we just put out a press release about this? Like, who cares? But the labels are printed. They're already out there. Who cares? Yeah. Sales shoot through the roof like a hockey stick. And be like, oh, shit, you can do this? Yeah. They failed into success. Yeah. Right? Have you ever failed into success? You know, it goes back to, it's funny you brought up that story. Um, my business <laughs> card was actually a spider, the AR. The AR technology we had for almost over four and a half years before it was even Pokemon was out. And it was a spider that would come up and the engineers designed it. It's amazing, the physics, and it would come off of it and snap at you. Guess what, man? We hate spiders. And spiders are not cool. They do not make me want to have that in your house. And the moment that we change, it's a little volumetrics hologram, little, little hologram of myself, little bubbles going around that click the bubbles and they'll show you videos and animations and all this cool stuff. Then you have a story. What I learned is it is not about for me and, and our things is it is not about, I am bullish about this STEM. It's about steam. One engineering coder is amazing, but if we don't have a storyteller and creative to make it acceptable and where people will understand it and not be scared of it, mm -hmm. um, then nobody adopts it. And so the thing is, we can't just expect because it's cool and then the neatest product that somebody automatically is going to just want to take it. We have to actually lead them to the water and then show them how it works, you know? And so it's like, that's where I feel like it's fascinating about tech. Just, and that's where it's fun times in the failing of it's, it seems so, it just seems like it makes so much sense. And then you realize, oh, I've got to simplify it or I've got to do it a couple of different ways that make sure that people understand what it is. Otherwise the onus is on me. Sure. This movie is based on a birthday celebration. One, What's your best, best birthday celebration you've had? And then two, open checkbook, grab some friends. Where are you going for a birthday celebration? Well, okay, is it sad that what immediately comes to my head is the, turning 13, my parents took over a skating rink. Best birthday ever. Come on, a skating rink? rink? Yes, we are the same age, before. pretty much. This is the jam back in the day. If you could take <gasps> over a skating rink, yeah that's like in august going into austin texas when it's 120 going we're taking over a pool we're like i know what's what lane like no no the whole pool yep mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and like i said like we are my birthdays were like parks that would because they're free and my parents saved up and did it at 13 i got to do a skating rig and it was the coolest birthday ever uh open up a chapbook yeah well, yeah yeah so this was my big 4-0 and it was covid this year so I was going to do, like, I wanted to do something really cool. And I thought it'd be so neat if you had no limits to take over one of those boats and have your friends. And you go, out, like, you know, the ones, like, you're on TV, and they do, like, where they, the chefs oh, yeah. make food, and you get to get off the islands. Yeah, that'd be it. <laughs> we did a birthday years ago. I did one, which was fun. So we, uh, we took over a small uh, hotel. 
that had a pool. So a U-shaped hotel, or a little circular hotel, had a pool in the center, yeah. and all the little kind of cabanas, but it's all connected, right? Not like the Bates Hotel, right? But it's yeah, in a yeah. U-shape with a pool. Yeah. We took over and everyone was, they get, you drew cards a week before. And that was your theme for the room. So Russia, vodka, right? It's like sangria. Awesome. I mean, we, we had it all. And so every room we had, but we rented, it was only 10 units. So it's 20 friends. Yeah. You know, couples, they have 10 units. Cook, oh, you're America. You can only have Budweiser in there and you got to grill burgers and hot dogs. None yeah. of this meatless burger bullshit, no turkey burger. It's a, it's a 70 30 blend and it's shitty hot dogs. Like it was just, it was just archaic down to the core. The greatest. You had friends. It was an experience. Yeah, because you're just with your, and then it's like, what? You want a cannonball in at three in the morning and wake everyone up? We rented all your rooms. We've got them all. Who am I waking up? Mm -hmm. No one's complaining. If anyone's yes. going to front desk, I know that asshole. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to beat him. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's going on. Yeah. I don't want this birthday, obviously. I don't want the game's birthday. This is way too stressful for me. Even watching this again, I was stressed out because I was like, good Lord. This is, a, this is the birthday you get if you win the lottery and you have a friend who's a conspiracy theorist. This is the birthday you get them. Knowing that they are going to be a verified conspiracy theorist after this, right? I mean, there's <laughs> wrong with that. I'm just saying, because I have some friends who are great conspiracy theorists. I listen to and engage with a couple of comics that are great conspiracy theorists as well. But it is one of those things where it's a, that balancing act of, of changing lives and changing times. And I wonder, in that very circuitous, rambling way, do you take pause in all the cool shit that you do and know how many lives you're changing? I always look forward of what I want to keep doing. I always look forward of how much more there is still to do. But do you ever take a pause and go, man, because of my brain turning this way, engaging this company's brain to turn this way, I did EA Sports outside of Staples Center, and how many lives did you change? How many kids did you inspire? I was on the cover of Austin Women's. Oh, how many women did I inspire? Do you ever just take a pause? Do you ever, do you ever just take one moment and look at the rose bed and go, they're growing? <laughs> is it bad that I don't? But maybe I need to get a little bit better at that. But it is interesting, Jason, because think about it. Like, we haven't caught up in a while, but. Uh, the other day I was just saying, man, I cannot imagine Andy not being in my life. And you introduced me to her when I first moved here and didn't know anybody. Right? So it's so interesting of like, is it really, think about how much everybody does that just by introducing them. We all have that power. You don't have to build a whole company. It's like just by introducing me to one person, then we've been able to do so much good from charities to all different kinds of stuff. And I'm actually here in Austin still because I got to, to build a friendships and then build more, right? So it's fascinating to me because I think it's interesting. I bring it back to that because I feel like it's not creating a company that does it. It's what you said, it's inspiring other people. And that's just what I want to do. But we also get to do that through people we intro, right? And meet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a beautiful thing, right? It's, um, it's funny, I, uh, I love introducing people. You know, and Andy came over here the other day 
God bless her. She's been on the podcast a couple of times and she's, she came over and I'm like, hey, Amber's going to the podcast. She's like, what? Does she know what's going on? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> it's just, but it's me. So come on. She's wearing to the podcast. We're going to have a good time. She's like, hey, you know, we were talking and she's like, oh, introduce us. And we brought you up. And I, and, and I was just like, you guys, your friendship, the idea that you guys have this friendship and you, that makes me feel so good. I don't, I didn't need to hear it from Andy. I didn't need to hear it from you. I saw it happen. I saw it blossom. I remember in that bar that's now defunct before bars were defunct of COVID-19, us sitting down and I was drinking eight ounce Oli's at $12 an Oli. Ridiculous (laughs) price, probably why they shut down. Um, But, you know, we're sitting down, you know, like, oh, I like to play volleyball. I'm like, great, I know someone. You're like, huh? I'm like, no, I'll make an introduction tomorrow. It's good, you're good. I want and I dream for everyone to have that attitude. Yeah. If someone's going to sit down and have a cup of coffee or a drink with you and you've vetted them through a process of just talking with them and it's not an MLM and they're not trying to pitch you something. Instead, they're just an honest yeah. person. Going, Shit, I don't know, man. Let's just, can we just have some fun? Can we just do some? People hold their Rolodex or their friends a little too close, I believe. Yeah. Not business, but just friends and introduction in the city. They hold it a little too close because they don't want to be embarrassed because they don't want to go, well, what if this happens? Or what? Or more importantly, what if I'm cut out of the loop? You weren't in the loop to begin with, champ. This is the person looking for a friend that plays volleyball. I don't play volleyball. I don't shit about volleyball. I've had friends who have played. I mean, my uncle, he, was, he, he played at the AVP. Um, I've had friends who won junior gold medals the junior olympics playing volleyball great still don't play put me on the court don't know what i'm doing could care less obviously you had a passion for it obviously andy has a passion for it you're two powerful women one who's got an active role in my daughter's life stop why would i ever not do that and i wonder all that said what do you say to people that that maybe hold their relationships a little too close? I think it's a, it's a balance of, um, it, it's another form of inspiration. It is a, look, time is the one thing we can't make more of, right? Exactly. It's the one thing I can't make more of. So I, I think there is nothing more of a gift than someone that has introduced you to someone that they know will be worth your time and you'll be worth theirs and it can build a friendship and, or inspire, or like I said earlier, where you learn you don't have to recreate the wheel because somebody else has done that and that connection helps with that, right? So I think it's kind of like, man, I do not need another magnet on my fridge. (laughs) Please don't (laughs) give me this, it's good. But you give me something that actually changes things or helps you or makes you a better person. That's what the beauty of a, of a friendship is. And to your point, that's what looking at it that way, right? Of like, it's not, we're not out back on the, you know, playground playing the Red Rover, Red Rover, come over, right? Like, it is literally more of how are we inspiring? And that is just another way to do that. Um, and that's how this came up, right? We were talking about like, how can you inspire? And, and I think that is something every single person can do. Uh, is show that respect and then find that right match. And it's like giving the perfect gift. Oh, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's great. And it's also, it's, I think I, I would, I would add to that is 
Let go. You don't own those people. They're their own person. You yeah. see two disparate connections. You're like, hey, you guys should connect. Here's what I saw, but I think there's a deeper level. Right? Yeah. You don't. Yeah. And I know we're wrapping up. But, oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah. No, I know. You're, but you're I listening. I will say that I think what it goes back to the same thing in the closing of the movie is like, what's the thing that he does at the end? He asks the girl out for coffee. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, this is something that made his life deeper, but then he wanted to stay in touch with some of the people from it. So, Elsa, I know you got to go. I know you're very busy. You got to run a company. Uh, you got lots of people. And of course, in this time, especially with, with things going virtual. So trust me, I, uh, last question fun. for you I here sure. is um, where, where does Amber want to be in 10 years? And, and in understanding where you want to be in 10 years, and you talked about education and helping, you talked about a lot of things that you want to do. But um, in that aspect, in, in, that, in that whole scene, I, I wonder, um, you know, wh where, where do you want to be? And then uh, two, in that is, when you're in the ground and there's a tree growing up through you, what do you want on your headstone? Um, well, I guess the first one, uh, I hope I do not know where I will be in 10 years. <laughs> I, love that I hope that in three years from now, something crazy and amazing and uh, comes out and there's another thing to build and, and do. I can, I look a few years ahead, um, but I do know that, uh, um, I, I do know that I want to, I want to be able to say that she slid in. Remember that thing as a kid, they would always say like, she slid right into that grave. Oh yeah. Like, I want to slid, I want to be all banged up. I want to have done so much and given so much of myself to have created and done good in this world that, uh, that it was all, it made an impact and not for any kind of famousness, but more of that you guys got to change a couple of lives and, you know, make a couple more, kids in small towns get to create some big cool shit. <laughs> well, you're already doing that, my friend, with the Warner Brothers and with everything else. Uh, two things. One, obviously send me this recording. Two, with that, um, send me the links to the Warner Brothers thing so I can promote that oh, yeah. please, as well. I've got some, I actually have like 10 or 15 cause people that are legit cosplayer actors and actresses. Yes, have And I have some great voiceover people that have done Comic-Con a couple of times. So, yeah. um, uh, send those to me. I'll get Elizabeth involved and some others involved. I've got to do a, I don't know how I got into the cosplay thing, but that is so I got to cool. do a cosplay voice. I got to do a one for, um, for, uh, for what is it? Um, another podcast, a cosplay gal that's doing a, a movie and she's, you know, anyways, all that said is that there's, there's a growing thing that's happening. Let me see here. Boom. In the chat chat number three look at this amber's gotta go you son of a gun <laughs> what are you doing get her out of here um now now here's there's the dc and then there's the brand folder so the dc one that link if you bookmark it yep. they even tells you there how to submit so they Perfect. really should and then that same site keep it tomorrow will open up for a scheduler which is amazing and that same site will be the live event on the 22nd so you only have to one i will i will share that out I will share Please, both out yeah. with everybody. Awesome. Um, now here's the favorite part of the podcast. Uh, you know, you guys sometimes were busy and, and movies happen and this happened. Thank you for this. 
one, apologies. Thank you for this. Like you said, time's the one thing we don't get back. So I'm very respectful. I love this. When this is all over, obviously we got to go out and get a drink, have you and Andy over to the house. We can, uh, we can open some bottles of wine with the wife and the kid and just hang out and relax. Love that. All of that said, um, time's the one thing we don't get back. So thank you for that. Now is literally the most listened to part of the podcast. I wish it was the interview part, but my, I get so many complaints. Your questions are too long. Obviously the person you're interviewing forgot the question, blah, blah, blah. But yes, I know. I'm trying to get better, but I just, I get caught up. Now is the time when my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit by herself. And she's so excited about it because she literally comes out of the patio and sits down. She's like, dad, I pooped by myself. And I was like, hold on. And some foresight allowed me to grab my phone and hit record. I'm like, tell me. She goes, I'm going to sing it to you. I did a poop. I did a poop. Then she goes, high five. Cause she's big on high fives. High five. I did a poop. And I'm thinking, did you Where's wash and I don't want pink eye. <laughs> I could sing. At the same time, my dad is so excited. She's shitting by herself. I'm like, high five. I'll get pink eye. Let's go, kid. Oh <laughs> Amber, you're amazing. Um, very honored that I got to meet you. Very honored that I've uh, been in an environment where, uh, where I've been able to follow and see you do some awesome things that obviously you're going to do in any city you landed in. Uh, more importantly, super awesome that you you are, you are one of the many people that has reaffirmed my belief in connecting people because it's just not just the right thing to do. It is the thing to do that's going to make us all better is making sure we connect. So thank you for all of those things. I appreciate it. No, this is a blast. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Um, we'll do it again live. We'll do it again with some bottles of wine. We'll have some fun. Until then, thank you very much. Send me this recording and we will put this up live as soon as you get it to me, okay? I will. And I think your, um, your song for the podcast should be, I did a boop, I did a boop. That's the closer. <laughs> We've got the opener that goes, I caught my daughter on the, on the, on the toilet. She looks at me and she, her hair's, I'll, I'll, I'll text you the, uh, the little quick video. Her hair's a yeah. mess and she goes, yeah, I pooped a big one. And she looks so like, just like, well, I can't believe that came out. And then <laughs> I had a friend who wrote me a theme song. God bless him. And he, uh, he performed every part of it. And then, you know, we close out with it at a poop. So it's- uh, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend, for everything. I know you're very busy. I know you got to get back to it. So thank you. Have and, a good uh, one. We will talk soon. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. I did it too. I did it too. I did it too.